Go with me please to the book of Judges. This thing just, I was, uh, I was with the mother's prayer this week just for a little bit and I got this word and it blessed me and we're going to start with this and we'll see where, where we end up in Jesus' name. Judges chapter 7. This is the story of Gideon and the 300. Uh, if you remember, he had an army of 30,000 and the Lord said, that's too many for me. So he reduced the numbers to 300. And um, the enemy that he was uh, facing was much bigger. Let's pick up in verse number 12. It says, the Midianites, the Amalekites, and all the other eastern peoples had settled in the valley thick as locusts. Their camels could do no more could could no more be counted than the sand on the seashore. Now mind you, Gideon had 300 men with him. Verse 13, Gideon arrived just as a man was telling a friend his dream. I had a dream, he was saying, and it says a round, a, a, a round loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp. It struck the tent with such force that the tent overturned and collapsed. His friend responded, this can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite. God has given the Midianites the whole camp and the, and the whole camp into his hands. When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he worshipped God. He returned to the camp of Israel and called out, get up. The Lord has given the Midianite camp into your hands. Hallelujah. The, the thing that I wanted us to see about this is, I think I might have mentioned this at some time, it sounds familiar even to my own recollection, but um, uh, when Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he worshipped God. He worshipped God with 300 soldiers facing an army that was too vast to count, whose camels covered eh, like the sand of the, of the sea. And uh, it tells me a few things about Gideon. Number one, it tells me that Gideon is not moved by the numbers. He is moved by the word of the Lord. It tells me that what is giving Gideon direction is the directives of the Lord and not the odds that are stacked against him. And he tells me also that he got according to his worship, not according to his numbers. And I want to encourage somebody today to, that you will reap according to your worship, not according to the odds stacked against you. That if you are facing an army of many peoples that are like locusts in the valley, whose camels are like sand of the sea, that if you have the proper worship, you have the advantage. And if you remember the story, he went and told everyone, get ready. They got ready and they wiped out all of that whole army and the victory was given to Gideon and the children of God in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. And I wanted to remind somebody that don't underestimate the power of your worship. Don't underestimate the power of your praise. That he is worthy of the praise always. That he is worthy of the praise when things are good. That he is worthy of the praise when things are bad. Amen. 
that if there's one thing that should remain consistent in our lives, uh, in the midst of very, very fluctuating circumstances, it is our praise. Because God is still God. And we don't worship according to what we're going through. We worship him according to his excellent greatness. Because he is high and lifted up. That he is seated above all the heavens. The heavens is his throne. And the earth is his footstool. He's worthy of the praise. Amen, amen. He's a big God. And so all those situations change. Our praise and our worship must not change. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6. It's a familiar verse, but it says that we are to put on the full armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 13. Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and having done everything, to stand. Uh, I, I want us to take note of the fact that it says... So that when the day of evil comes, not if the day of evil comes, but when the day of evil comes, there is a day of evil that is coming. And it seems unfair. I thought God loved me. I thought God would look out for me. I thought I was God's favorite. And God should never lead me or allow for or make a provision for a day of evil in my life. He should prepare for the day of my blessing, my favor, and my increase because I am a child of God. So it should read, because God loves me so much, and because God is a good, good God, it should read, therefore put on the full armor of God so that in case by any chance the day of evil comes, I will able to stand. But it doesn't say that. When the day, it's coming. But why would God bring a day of evil into our lives? He does not bring a day of evil or allow for a day of evil in our lives to break us. He allows for a day of evil for us to break it. Because he knows and trusts what he put inside of us. And what we understand is that the day of evil is only lasts for a day. But the blessing of God, it lasts forever. Uh, amen, amen. Uh, I believe, I like the... I like the uh, the second corinthians 4 17 in the in the new living translation i like this translation it says for our present troubles are small and won't last very long new living translation says for our present troubles are small and won't last very long yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever Hallelujah. So, so see, we have, we have uh, present troubles that don't last very long. Okay, but then we have a glory that vastly outweighs them that lasts forever. Hallelujah. Not very long versus forever. The weeping may endure for the night. Joy comes in the morning. And so because it produces because it produces something forever, it has to last even if it lasts for, for a day. But if we understand whose we are and what we are carrying, we pass through the day to step into the forever. We are in the middle of the rainy season. And everybody generally, they are not comfortable with rainy season. Because with rain comes a lot of cold. With rain comes a lot of mud. 
With rain comes a lot of, you know, sisters, come on. With our hair, it's like, it's like it just goes, I, I, I have ladies, I, I raised ladies, and the hair is a drama. We don't like the rainy season. We don't like the rainy season. If you're of this pigmentation and you have this kind of hair, come on somebody, don't look at me like that. The rain is bad news, all right? But the, the idea is that while this rain is creating all of this drama, wayne gude. Yeah? It's producing a harvest that will last for the rest of the year. Come on, somebody. Sell it. Gubs. Banana. It does not come without the rain. So do you want a temporary struggle that if you endure it will produce something forever? Or do you want to do without the rain? The rain is a necessary part of harvest. So your job, even though it's not convenient, your job is to endure, persevere, stand your ground. Because if you stand your ground, the ones who pass through the rainy season will get to the harvest season. And we do harvest properly here in Ethiopia. Come on, somebody. Hmm? Harvest season is a blessed season. It, it means that everything is coming into the Gotara. Amen, amen. And we like it when things we come. So you cannot have one without the other. But the, when the, the proportions need to be properly understood. The evil is for a day. Eh? It's for a day. Eh? It's a light and momentary the struggle that lasts just for a small season, but it, it has a glory a far out, that far outweighs it. And the glory, it lasts forever. Mm. I think that's why after Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. It says, why is the Holy Spirit leading Jesus to the devil? He's supposed to be leading me into green pastures. He's supposed to be leading me into my new house. He's supposed to be leading me to my wife. He's supposed to be leading me to my husband. Come on, somebody. Come on, I, I can sense the spirit here at Beza Church. Eh? Eh? Why is he leading me to the devil? He leads me to the devil because just like the rainy season produced the harvest, facing the enemy and showing him where you stand. The Bible says after that day of temptation of Jesus in the, in, in the wilderness, he returned in the power of the Spirit. You are producing something. Nothing is wasted. Every challenge, every setback, every drama, it's just for a season. Stand your ground on the day of evil. So that when you pass through it, you will enter into a glory that lasts forever. Why did God bring the children of Israel through the Red Sea and then into the wilderness? The promised land was what he had told them. But he did not bring them to promised land. He brought them to the wilderness. But he brought them for a season. For them to show that they were bigger than the wilderness. And if you are bigger than the wilderness, you can handle the promised land. Unfortunately, of the three million people that came out of Egypt, only two made it to the promised land. Only two proved that they had what it takes to stand in the midst of the wilderness. I want to challenge somebody today that God is true his promise is true his promise over your life is true Amen. and the devil that we have been introduced to in this season it is for a season our job is to stand our ground Amen. hallelujah Amen. having done everything to stand stand firm then hallelujah it's funny it says that we are supposed to stand on the day of evil don't fight stand 
having done everything to stand. Why stand on the day of evil? Uh, the evil usually it, it demands some kind of engagement, but in the spirit we don't fight like we fight on the earth. In the spirit we fight by standing because it is as we stand it is a demonstration of trust and as we stand God fights for us. And the more we stand God fights for us. And the more I stand God fights for me. Amen? Matthew 7 it tells the story of two people, the wise and the foolish. And it says one built their house on the rock and the other built their house on the sand. The Bible says that the rain came and the flood came and it rained on both the foolish man's house and the wise man's house. The day of evil came to both. But we are not, uh, we are not measured by the, uh, or, or the, 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 the issue that we are dealing with is not whether or not the rain falls. It falls on everybody. The issue that the verse is talking about is that at the end, which of the two is standing? And the Bible says, the one who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. He is the one who is like the one wise man who built his house on the rock. Meaning that it's not what we're building, it's what we're building on. What we are standing on. And that is our stand that causes us to endure and persevere in the day of challenge. So that we enter into a glory that lasts for a few days. No, it's a forever. Hallelujah. The promised land that they inherited eh, in that season is a promised land that it's still, it's funny, like, do you know how much of a miracle it is in our generation to have a flag of Israel flying in the earth today? Now, mind you, I'm not suggesting anything of a political Israel. I'm talking about spiritual Israel, two different things. Even God himself punished the kings of Israel when they misbehaved. All right? But spiritual Israel is a miracle. It's a miracle. But, but, but here's the thing. God said forever. And when God says forever, it means forever. The promised land, you pass through a wilderness for a season, but the blessing is forever. You stand on your day of evil and your favor is forever. Your visitation is forever. The glory which far surpasses all of these things, it's forever. Don't look at me like that. Say forever. forever. Say forever. So if you have your mind on a pilgrimage, your mind on the things of, 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 the, of, of heaven, you can properly define where you're at right now. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Amen. He is called Jesus of Nazareth. Not Jesus of Bethlehem. Not Jesus of Jerusalem. Not Jesus of New York. Yeah, not Jesus of Gondar. Come on, somebody. He is forever called Jesus of. And I was thinking about this. It blessed me, you know. Because it, it's, it was said of Nazareth. When the disciples were discovering who Jesus was, they came and told Nathaniel. And they said, Nathaniel, we found the Messiah. We think, you know, he's over there. He came from Nazareth. And remember what Nathaniel said? He said, Nazareth? Can anything good, can anything good, meaning that Nazareth had a reputation, like it was commonly known, like don't you guys know about Nazareth? It's like, it's kind of Nazareth, <laughs> you mean how can Messiah, right? And I was thinking about this and it kind of blessed me. This is the, 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 the message for today. Good things uh, may not come out of Nazareth, but it does not mean that good things are not in Nazareth. Hmm? 
Uh, in Luke chapter 1, the angel Gabriel came, was sent by God to the town in Galilee called Nazareth. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth to a town called Galilee. The Nazareth of whom it was said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? God sent the angel Gabriel. You know, angel Gabriel, he doesn't leave. He, he, he sits in the presence of God, Gabriel. He, he doesn't leave the presence of God unless it's serious. Unless there's something worthy of his time. He's busy in the presence of God. He has things to do. Uh, a big appointment list. But in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. You are in Nazareth, of which it was said, Can anything good come from Nazareth? But you are highly favored in that city, of which it was said, Can anything good come from the Lord is with you in the city where everyone says can anything good come from Nazareth Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be but the angel said to her do not be afraid Mary you have found favor with God in the town of which it was said can anything good come from Nazareth you have found favor in this town hmm hmm so the town was blessed. Uh, Jesus is called Jesus of Nazareth, not because of the greatness of the town, but because of the greatness of the person in the town. Right? And, and because someone found favor with God in the town, regardless of how difficult the town was, God was attracted to that town. And because God was attracted to that person in that town, okay, the forever blessing that name of that town would be associated with messiah forever because someone found favor with god in that town so so the the conclusion is is it's not about what's going on in the city it's all about what's going on inside of me i know it sounds crazy it's not about what's going on in the city it's all about what's going on inside of me if i can find favor today in the sight of God in this temporary drama called Nazareth I mean Adsava I mean Nazareth eh? if I can find favor then we can have a forever blessing that 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 shifts the reputation of the noun that he will forever be called Jesus of Nazareth amen, amen. hallelujah now 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 there is some theologians that suggest and I thought that this was interesting that the reason that Mary found favor the way she did um, like it, it doesn't give us too much of too much information as to what Mary was doing. You know, the angel Gabriel came and said, "You are favored. The Lord is with you. You're you're gonna have a son." Hell, how, the question is, how in the world, Mary? What did you do to find favor? I, if I can find out the the things that you did, eh, I can also position myself. Uh, as you did, but it doesn't really give any secrets. It just says that she found favor in G. It doesn't tell us how she found favor. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and some theologians suggest that 
although it's not mentioned directly, um, if you know the story, Mary went to Elizabeth's house, and when she got to Elizabeth's house and greeted her, um, the baby inside of Elizabeth jumped. And she said, blessed are you, blessed is she who has received and believed the word of the Lord. And when Mary heard that, she opened her mouth and began to praise the Lord. Hmm? My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Now many theologians suggest that this song that Mary sang here is the exact same song that Hannah sang when she also conceived uh, 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 of the baby Samuel. Okay? Meaning that she was not just worshipping God from her, the top of her head, but she had had the word of God deep in her heart that when she was time to praise the Lord, she was not praising the Lord according to her feeling, but according to the word of God. Which means that if I have the word of God in here, around here somewhere, hallelujah, and if I can praise according to that word, it causes God's favor to come. Maybe the angel Gabriel could come even today, a few days before his celebration day. Come down in this mess of tribalistic corruption, ethnocentric, political, drama, confusion, inflation, rent prices going up, kids going crazy, boss driving me crazy. Maybe somehow in the midst of this, can anything good come out of Adsaba? Maybe the angel Gabriel can make a beeline for Beza Church today and say you have found favor in the midst of this drama you could have focused on the drama but you focused on my word and you praised God for the word and you trusted God in the midst against all hope you stood your ground on this one day of evil and because you stood your ground on this one day of evil you have blessing that will last forever you have a glory that will last forever that maybe we can step into this crazy economic situation the crazy politics in sudan the crazy uh, politics in we, we love it but in kenya eh? in this crazy situation eh? we can choose to focus on ktn or we can choose to focus on the praises of god Find what God has said in the scriptures. When Gideon heard, hallelujah, the dream and its interpretation, he bowed down and worshiped right there. In the midst of the odds stacked against him, the enemy was outnumbered. He only had 300 men. You look so foolish praising God when you have only 300 men. But he was not trusting the numbers. He was trusting in the God who is able to deliver. And I want to suggest to you today that in the same way, in this city of Addis Ababa, where things are going crazy, in this city of Addis Ababa, which is representative of Africa, and when things in Africa is going crazy, when the odds are stacked against us today, can we sit down right here and just praise God because of this crazy dream and its interpretation? It won't look normal and it won't feel like normal, but it's the kind of stuff that attracts the favor of heaven. On this day of evil, hallelujah, I have a song to sing. On this day of evil, I have a faith in my heart. On this day of evil, I have stood on this day of evil and seen the glory that lasts forever Whew. hallelujah so may this day not only be a graduation for so many students eh, but may it be a graduation for the saints I know it's difficult it's not easy but it was never the day of evil was never supposed to be easy you were designed for this yeah he sometimes arranges this to show the evil how much faith the child of God has. Hmm. Hmm. Jesus of Nazareth. Hmm.
on a scale, if you perhaps measure the, 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 in, in, the, in the first century Palestine, the greatest city in the world at that time was Rome. And probably the least favorite city at that time was Nazareth. And he was called Jesus of Nazareth. Right? Something good is coming out of Nazareth, and it's right here. Uh, how do I say this in a diplomatic way? In many ways, uh, there's cities and nations in the world that are high, and there's others that are low. In this part of the world, we are generally on that side. Hmm? But could it be that on this Sunday, on this week of Gabriel, that we pull Gabriel from the presence of God? So that from this day forward, he would be known, the, the Lord would be known by our city. That the Lord would be known by our nation. That the Lord would be known by our continent. Uh, look out wherever the angel Gabriel visits, because he does not waste his time. He doesn't go for a holiday. He comes for business. And, and I was just feeling in my heart that... that uh, we can no longer talk like the world talks if we're children of God. The Bible says that we are in the world. Yes, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. You know the reason that the boat can float in, 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 in the water? Even though the water is deep is because it's made of different substance than the water. It's made of contrary material to the water. And I want you to know as, you, as, uh, as a child of God, you are made of different material. All right? The things that cause everybody to sink, it causes you to float. And even if they take that stuff and make it deeper and wider, you still float because no matter how deep and how wide, you are just made of different material. I defy every demon that has lied to you today. I come against that spirit of corruption that is trying to cause you to lower your standard. I come against the lies that you have been entertaining in your own mind and accepting a portion that is not God's portion for you. In Jesus' name, let the boat start to come up from the bottom of the ocean and start to rise again because God is faithful. This is just a day of evil. Hallelujah. It's just a day. Your blessing is forever. I defy the enemy who has come for nothing less than to steal, kill, and destroy. That God would, see, it's according to his power that is at work in us. Make it personal. It is according to his power that is at work in me. What brought the victory for Gideon that day? You know, the Bible says that God told Gideon to go down to the camp and listen. The reason God told him to go down. God could have brought the victory from anywhere, but he had to put something in Gideon's ear so that a power could start to work inside of him because God sees the faith and moves the hand. Remember last week, eh? Lazarus' stone, the stone of the grave had to be rolled away first. The people had to move in faith and God released his hand. God had to put something in Gideon and I'm just trying to put something inside today. Girma shared his testimony so that something could be deposited inside today. That is contrary to everything around us. Contrary to what you are going through. Contrary to every, every Midianite and Amalekite and camels that is like the seashore that is stacked up against you. Hallelujah. Can we worship right now like Gideon? When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he worshiped. I like that. So we are right now, right about now, as a nation, 
Yeah, we're right about there right now. Yeah. yeah. It's a good time to praise the Lord. It's a good time to worship. It's a time to wake up. It's a good time to go to the opposite direction of what life has thrown at us. It's a good time to lift our voice and give him praise. When Gideon, he didn't say when Gideon saw that his numbers were increasing and that the enemy's numbers were decreasing, he praised the Lord. It doesn't say that. Eh? The numbers didn't change. The weather didn't change. Eh? But when he heard what God is about to do, when he heard the promise of God, I would like to remind everybody in this church of the word that God spoke to us during fasting and prayer. Because if God speaks, he doesn't waste it. In fact, he confirmed this word multiple times in fasting and prayer. Like people who were not part of the program and came to bring a word and left. They spoke the same word that we were. It, it, was, it was the same word. And, and you know, when you get in mess, it's so quick to forget sometimes. I love it. I love it. Come on. Social media calls you to forget. Eh? Rent at the end of the month calls you to forget. Kids going crazy calls you to forget. Drama at work calls you to forget. Add a lemon day. And then we start acting according to the water. Don't act according to the water. Act according to the boat. The boat will not sink because it's made of substance that's contrary. But the Lord said from Exodus chapter 12 and verse 11. It was the time when the children of Israel were leaving Egypt. All the plagues had finished and God says, now get ready. Get your staff in your hand. Put your belt on. Eat your food in haste. It is the Passover for you. In other words, you're not going to be here very long. Don't prepare for what you are in. Prepare for where you are going. I know you are still in Egypt. I know that Pharaoh is still in charge. I know you've been nothing, no experience outside of 400 years of slavery. But tonight is not a night to prepare for another year 401. This night is different than all other nights. Get ready. Eat in haste. Buckle your belt. Get ready to move because things is about to change. Things is a, this is your night. And when the Lord spoke that, we got so excited because that was confirming everything God had said. We were so happy. And then what happened now? What happened now is that the country is continue, continuing to stagger. So and so is happening and so and so and where and where and what. what yeah, I'm not even going to give glory to the mess. I think now it's like God blessed us and then he led us by the spirit to face the devil. Now we're face to face with the devil. And it's time for someone to look the devil in the face. And say, God has said, get ready. Get your belt ready. Hallelujah. Get your staff in your hand. Eat in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. This shall be the last night in Egypt for you. This is what the Lord said. Hallelujah. The odds are stanked against us, but thank God I don't live according to the odds. God has spoken and I have chosen to agree. I have heard the dream and its interpretation. And I won't be moved by this day of evil. Rather, I will stand my ground. Hallelujah. Because my God is faithful. If you have a praise in your spirit today. Hallelujah. I want you just to stand with me and begin to open your mouth and begin to give God a praise. Hallelujah. Give God a praise because you understand the dream and its interpretation.
because you understand that God is faithful. Hallelujah. Gideon, he saw the dream and, and he worshipped. He worshipped. With a 300-man army, he worshipped. Hallelujah.